Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey everyone and welcome to the Seller Roundtable. We are here with our friend Megla from the India Sourcing Trip and we're going to do a very special Seller Roundtable extra today on sourcing from India. Megla has an amazing trip where she takes people to India and I know so, India is such an emerging market and such a cool place to think about sourcing from. So today we are going to have a very special session where we're going to talk about the top 10 takeaways that Megla learned taking a group of amazing people to India with her and sourcing at the trade shows there. So welcome Megla. It's great to have you. Hey, Amy, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back. Yes, definitely. Well, um, tell us a little bit more about the India Sourcing Trip and why you started it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, India Sourcing Trip is uh, basically an eight-day trip um, for Amazon sellers specifically um, who want to source products to private label from India. And um, this trip is basically where, um, you know, Amazon sellers can source products. They can learn all about how to source from India. And at the same time, they can also get a bit of uh, cultural experience because India has a lot of, uh, you know, rich culture. So there are three aspects to the trip. You source cool products, uh, visit a trade show, learn all about sourcing from India and get a, get a bit of cultural experience as well. That is so cool. So I love that you not only just go there and source because I can't even, you know, I have a China trip and it's like, you don't, you can't just go to China and source. Well, you can, like anyone can go by themselves, but it's just so different when you go with a group of people and you get the, it's like, it's like being at a conference of cool people. You know, you get to network, you get to hang out together, you get to experience cool things together. And I love that you have an aspect of learning on your trip as well. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, do you have like some classes before the trip and during the trip or, or what kind of things are they learning about? Yeah, so we do have uh, pre-trip webinars. We start about a month before the trip. And um, so what we do is, um, so there are two aspects to learning. One is, you know, all of the e-commerce marketing related um, topics that we cover. And then we also cover sourcing related topics. So we have e-commerce coaches from the US, from Australia um, that travel with the group and they cover topics like product validation, product research. Uh, we also have a couple of webinars for beginners where we go over things like, uh, you know, how to create a listing or how to um, uh, create a shipping plan and just cover the basics in case someone is like really new to, uh, to selling an Amazon. And then we cover things like keyword research, um, listing optimization, images. So we cover all the key aspects related to uh, marketing products, listing products on Amazon. And then during the trip, we have a one full day conference where we have um, sourcing experts, India sourcing experts, talk about various things related to sourcing from India. So we have things like how to find suppliers, how to vet suppliers, negotiating with suppliers, what kind of products can be sourced from India, from what region, how to do quality control. We have a freight forwarder come talk about logistics. So this is a whole day conference where we're only talking about 
you know, various aspects related to sourcing from India. And then the coaches, they actually travel with the group to the trade show. So we spend about three days at the trade show. Um, this is called Indian Handicrafts and Gifts Fair, and it's one of the most important export-focused trade shows in India. So the coaches um, accompany attendees to the trade show. We do a guided tour um, with attendees of the show. And you know, coaches really teach people how to find Amazonable products and um, you know, how to talk to suppliers, what kind of information to ask, uh, how to capture information. And then in the evenings, you know, after the trade shows, we have um, like one-on-one -on -one sessions where attendees get a chance to talk to coaches on a one-on-one -on -one basis and you know, maybe share some of their product ideas and see if, uh, you know, get, get coaches feedback on, on their product ideas. Got it. So yeah. they're learning a lot beforehand on basically right. the e-commerce side of things, because that can be quite overwhelming, especially for newbies. Um, and then once they're getting to India, we're kind of introducing them to, okay, here's how it works here. Here's the things that we should be keeping in mind while sourcing from India. And, uh, and then after they have a full day at the trade show, they can come back uh, alongside the coaches and they can come back and ask some questions and go, Hey, I saw this. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that? And uh, get some good feedback. And then, you know, they have the trade show the next day too, which is really great. Well, very exactly. cool. And then exactly. you guys also do some really fun, um, some traveling around. I was, I was totally, you know, checking <laughs> out all of your photos and everything. Did you guys go to like the Taj Mahal? Yeah. So what we do is, um, first of all, we do this Bollywood night uh, for everyone. So where, you know, they can wear Indian clothes, the saris, turbans. Um, they can have henna tattoos on their hands. And then we have this Indian dance troupe come and do an exclusive show for the group. Um, so then we have this Bollywood night. And then um, the next day we go to Taj Mahal uh, in Agra, which is one of the seven wonders of the world. So it's about four hours from Delhi. So we leave early in the morning, um, visit the Taj, have nice lunch there, and then come back uh, late in the evening. Wow, so, yeah. that's so much fun. <laughs> I gotta go. So <laughs> you said Delhi. So is that where the trade show is? And can you tell us about where, you know, if this is India, where are we located, um, you know, in, in India, where we're, where we're headed? Yes, so the trade show is held in Delhi, and Delhi is in north of India, so it's the capital, and uh, it's one of the biggest cities in India. It's one of the most um, congested. <laughs> There's a lot of traffic. Traffic is bad. <laughs> it's overpopulated. You know, one of the it's it's a typical metropolitan city, um, and um, yeah, so that's where the trade show is held. And then Taj Mahal is in another city. Um, which is about four hours by road from Delhi called Agra. The city is called Agra. So then that's where we go uh, for the day trip. Oh, very fun. I love that you fit all that in. But, you know, having and hanging around you for a little while, Megla, I know that you're always all about all the fun. So <laughs> I know anybody who goes on your India sourcing trip is going to have a lot of fun and feel very welcome and um, like everything is flawlessly put together because that's she just pulls it off people she pulls it off <laughs> <laughs> so you said you had some takeaways from your trip and I think that these takeaways are so great because people have questions so many questions about India 
So um, let's go through some of those takeaways that you had from your trip. Yeah, sure. So I think the, uh, so these are my takeaways and then also talking to attendees, you know, what really stood out for them. Um, So I think the number one thing that um, all of us, you know, realized, and I mean, we knew this beforehand, but it just really stood out for us, was that India is not a replacement for China. There are a lot of products that India does not manufacture. So it's not like you can say, okay, I'm not going to source from China anymore. I'm just going to source from India. There are certain products that India specializes in and is better than China in those products, but um, you know, a large number of products, for example, electronics, electrical products, um, products made from polyester, nylon kind of materials, all the PVC, silicon, plastic products, those you still have to source from China. But there are certain product categories like um, products made from natural materials like cotton, jute, wood, metal, that is, you know, India's strength. And um, those are the kinds of products that you want to source from India. Having said that, we, we, we are seeing an increase in the number of electronics products being manufactured in India. So uh, I was just reading an article the other day that said that India is now the second largest producer of mobile phones after China. Wow. And the government has been putting in a lot of effort um, into this program called Make in India. And they have been attracting overseas investors and you know, manufacturers to set up factories in India. And currently, they're mostly catering to the domestic market. So there are a lot of uh, even Chinese uh, manufacturers like um, Huawei, Xiaomi, that have manufacturing facilities in India, and they're catering to the domestic market. And slowly and gradually, I think a lot of these Uh, you know, as the supply chains develop, I think more factories will be set up and they will also start doing OEM production. So yeah, I think that's going to increase in the next, you know, two to three years, perhaps you'll see more, uh, more products being manufactured. But I think the advantage of sourcing from India is currently is one, the tariffs. So if you are affected by the tariffs and India, if India is producing that product competitively, I think you should look at India. And then there are some products that are just not found in China that are very unique to India, and that would help you differentiate your products and Amazon. And then I think the third reason to source from India is diversification, because you just don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. And, you know, uh, it's just good business practice to diversify your product range, to diversify the marketplaces that you sell on, and to diversify your sourcing markets. Yeah, you know, some things that you said there that I love is, yeah, we have a a China sourcing trip, but the thing is, just because someone goes through our course and goes to the China sourcing trip, does that mean that you should source your product from China? Not necessarily, because there might be a better place to source your product from. You should always source your product from the best place for your business. And right. so I think that, you know, it's really great that you, you mentioned that because I don't think anyone should ever rule out another place to source their product from. We have entrepreneurs that come along with us that will source from, um, you know, from the U.S. that will source from Taiwan, Hong Kong. There's all different places you can, and even India, right? So yeah. I, I think it's really important to keep in mind the experience, you know, there's something about the experience about going, and that's why I want to go to India because 
it's so cool. I want to go to many places. I want to go check out Vietnam. I want to, you know, because there are so many places. Um, and if you've never been, you just, you gotta go, you know, you need to go and really, uh, if you're going to be in this business and you're really wanting to build a business, you need to go and you need to discover some of these things. So if India is one of those places that you're wanting to discover, even if you leave India and you go, you know what, um, I found this great product and there's actually, it's better to source it in China or it's better to source it in Taiwan or Vietnam or whatever. That's okay because the experience that you're going to have going in person to a trade show and working with experts like the ones on Magla's team are going to really, it's that experience alone is going to set your business up for success. You're really going to have so much confidence in no matter where you right. source from just by doing a sourcing trip like this. So definitely love that you're, you're talking about that. It's not a replacement. For, and yes. really, China isn't a replacement for sourcing from India, right? Like you, you should. That's right. You should definitely just make sure that you're doing what's right for your business, but don't rule it out, right? Yes, absolutely. Got it. So I think the second one, the second point that um, you know stood out for people was just the quality of products at the trade show. So the products were really, really high quality. I think some of the attendees were concerned that because the labor costs are lower and you know it's not a very developed market maybe the quality of products would not be that good but it was totally the opposite and people were really 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 impressed by the quality of products and the reason for this is that you know in india there are um two types of suppliers so there are suppliers that focus on the domestic market and there are suppliers that only do exports so products produced for the domestic market are typically um you know lower priced and lower quality as a result, because it is a developing country, it is a very price sensitive market. So the products made for the domestic market are very, very different for products made for, for exports. So the export focused suppliers, they understand all of the quality standards, the regulations in export markets uh, in the US and in Europe. And so the quality is really good. And they also have a lot of, um, um, you know, designers that they work with from overseas. So we, we found a couple of exhibitors that actually had, you know, designers from Italy or France that worked with them. And that's how they came up with, you know, cool ideas um, for products that are, um, that cater to the needs of buyers in Western markets. So yeah, I think that was pretty cool. You know, the quality of products just stood, stood out for everyone. And can you give us an example, like kind of paint a picture for us of a product that you saw that you were just like, wow, I or somebody saw that they, they were like expecting it. You know, I, I think I can't imagine like what kind of products um, you would see where you're like, oh, that I didn't expect that to be, um, to be this good. Is there an example? So there are a couple of products that I think, um, you know, come to mind. So I, I was at this one booth and they made leather products. And so they had leather gloves, leather um, aprons and um, leather jackets, caps, like a lot of different fashion related products, um, you know, all made from leather. And um, 
all of them felt, I mean, the leather felt very high quality. It was very soft and smooth. And then we were looking at the stitching. So all the stitching was really uniform and strong. And, you know, it, it didn't feel very flimsy. You know what I mean? It, it felt like durable and high quality. Yeah, it didn't um, feel like somebody like threw it together that day. Or yes. maybe like wasn't paying attention to the stitching or exactly. like, every detail was good. Yes, every detail was good. Um, you know, it was uh, like the stitching was uniform. I think for fashion products, that's very critical. You want to make sure that the stitching is consistent and uniform. The quality of threads that were used in the stitching. I mean, you can tell if you, you know, pull the seams apart, you can actually tell what, how the stitching is done. Um, and then there are a couple of other products that we saw. For example, there were these um, door knobs and drawer pulls that were made from metal. And again, they were very decorative, ornate kind of uh, doorknobs, and they felt very heavy, and the polishing was done very well, the finishing was done very well. Um, so again, they felt very durable and high quality. They didn't feel flimsy and something that would, you know, break in a couple of years. It felt like this is something that you would just you know, put on your door and forget about it for the next 10 years, you know? <laughs> Which is what we want for our home, right? Exactly. Also, it's kind of interesting to think that, you know, if you are wanting to get into um, trending homewares or home designs or something like that, that you might be able to bring a design to the market that is not really available somewhere else. So that is a kind of a cool idea and knowing that the quality would be really good. So I think that was really helpful just to, think of like the types of products that you saw and um, yeah. you you mentioned also the western designs um so you, people kind of expected maybe that you know it would look like you were saying like very indian right but um uh, but it was great to see that they're really focused on the export market and so you know you can expect to go to this trade show and see things that you would see in the Western market and that would be very appealing to you to sell to the Western market. So that's, that's really cool. What else? Yeah. So the third point I have is that, um, you know, some people were concerned they wouldn't find Amazonable products at the show because <laughs> currently most of the exports from India go to Europe and therefore, you know, the high end retail stores, um, and so some people, and there are, lot, there are a lot of big products as well, like furniture and rugs and, uh, you know, things like that, that typically you wouldn't think that these products are Amazonable because they're too big and, you know, you want to look for smaller products for Amazon. But we did find a lot of good Amazonable products um, over there at the show. And um, yeah, as you said, the designs were uh, catered and suited to the Western market. So that wasn't a concern. There were some stalls, of course, that had those Indian looking products and motifs. And, uh, but by and large, most of the products were more, you know, just to give you an example, the designs were more streamlined. They were um, more muted colors that were used. So Indian products typically are more colorful and they're more elaborate and ornate. <laughs> but I think for Western markets, it's more you know, toned down. So we saw a lot of those kinds of products as well. We saw a lot of eco-friendly products. And that was something that really stood out for even for me, because I mean, I know that India does eco-friendly products, but the kind of research that they're doing, um, you know, really stood out for me. For example, there were these companies that were making um, 
you know, cutlery, disposable cutlery and disposable plates from things like sugarcane waste, um, from palm leaves. So there were a lot of those kinds of suppliers there. There were these um, um, suppliers that were recycling uh, plastic bottles. So, you know, water bottles like PET bottles, they were being recycled to make fabric and turn them into rugs and cushion covers. So that was really something that I thought was very interesting. And this is R&D that these suppliers are doing, you know, themselves. And the Indian government is also uh, pushing a lot of eco-friendly products and they are um, discouraging the use of plastics. So for example, in Delhi and a couple of other cities in India, one-time use plastics are now banned. So, Overall, I think there's a lot of focus, you know, domestically and also among manufacturers on eco-friendly products. So that's, that's a product category, I think, that people should consider if they want to source from India. And I think that that is really a good, um, a good trending category because there's a lot of attention right now on, for example, the zero waste movement and, um, and really, you know, the the what that we've kind of gone too far in not taking care of our planet and i think there's going to be a lot more efforts in that direction so great to get ahead of that trend yeah in fact to do more for your environment yeah absolutely in fact the theme at the show this time was recycling and upcycling that was the entire theme and they had these huge structures you know, um, built outside, one was outside the show venue and one was inside. So there was this huge gigantic elephant that was made from recycled electronic waste. So it was just so beautiful. It was like this 20 foot, um, you know, huge gigantic elephant that was made from electronic waste. So that was the theme. And that was something that they were really pushing, um, you know, at the show. Love it. Okay. Um, I think my next point is um, the low MOQs. So this is something, again, that I've been talking about, but this really stood out for attendees when they were talking to exhibitors. And in China, of course, we're used to, you know, when you go to Canton Fair, you're used to like 1,000 pieces, 3,000 pieces. Those are the MOQs. But in India, because these are handmade products, they can do low MOQs. So, you know, typically they would say, okay, 100 pieces or 150 and then if you ask them if they would be willing to do a trial order, then they would, you know, like be willing to do even like 25 pieces or so. So I think that's a big oh, advantage wow. sourcing really from cool. India. Definitely. Yeah. Especially if you're just getting started, you know, we have, Andy and I have this sourcing small masterclass and that's the whole focus is we teach people how to source small, um, just a mm-hmm. few pieces, just like 50 pieces, 100 pieces, because you, you just want to kind of learn in the beginning how to get started. And, right. you know, and so if, if someone is new, and even if you're not new, even if you're a very seasoned seller, it's a really great way of validating products in the marketplace. If you're not differentiating in a way where you're like bringing something completely unique, if you're just changing it a bit, which there's nothing wrong with that either, you know, uh, it's really great to be able to test it. Because you just never exactly. know, like someone else could jump on the market and just something, anything could really happen. It's a, you know, <laughs> Amazon's like the wild west now, right? So, yeah. Uh, well, I guess it always has been, but more so lately. So it's really great that, uh, it's great to hear that, that, um, that it's very Amazonable in terms of uh, products and MOQ. 
Yeah, and the other thing is that apart from low MOQs, some suppliers also accept MOA, which is minimum order amount. So they would say, for example, that you can you you need to source a minimum of five thousand dollar worth of products, and you can choose you know any product, five pieces of oh. this, ten pieces of this, ten twenty pieces of that. So I thought that is really good for you know Amazon yeah, you could sellers like build because build up a little like you could do some variations, which yeah. we all know variation listings are great. Um, exactly, oh, love that. Very cool. Yeah, and this is mostly for handmade products, right? I mean, if you're doing garments or apparel or socks you know it may not be the same because they have to there are fabric minimums for the factories and stuff like that so i mean this is for certain products not everything that's sourced from india sure and then um, what's okay. the what would the lead yeah. time be on you know if you're and i know lead times are different depending on the product and the process to make them but um were they surprised at any of the lead times if, if they're ordering these minimum quantities of 100 units or something what could you expect yeah so so sometimes the lead times can be longer because these are handmade products um so if you're placing a largish kind of order you can expect anywhere from two to three months sometimes okay. and especially if you're working with a supplier for the first time because typically suppliers tend to prioritize their long-term clients and, you know, also the larger kind of clients. So if you're just a small buyer and you're, you know, placing a very small test order and you haven't developed a relationship with the supplier yet, um, it can be longer. But I, I mean, there people have, um, you know, have been sourcing products for, um, with lead times for like about 10 to, 10 to 15 days as well. So it's not like, the lead times are always very long, but it, they can be long. So be prepared for that and be prepared to negotiate lead times with the supplier as well. Um, so it also depends on, you know, how busy the supplier is at that time. For example, if it's peak Christmas season, they're definitely going to be prioritizing their other, you know, long-term buyers. And, um, and that's another reason it's important to develop a relationship with the supplier and, you know, place repeat orders with the same supplier and have some trust and, you know, build a long-term relationship with them so that they can prioritize your orders um, down the line. That's good to know. And I think, you know, it, the same goes for China. If you are yeah. ordering um, a smaller quantity, which sometimes you can do that, but uh, it just depends yeah. on the process and all of that. But the same yeah. thing goes, you know, you need to establish a relationship that's so important. And, um, and also you need to, to work on it. You got to realize that they have other orders as well. And um, so it's really great to be there in person, right? Because it's totally different. Uh, totally. <laughs> than, you know, if you're trying to order something online. So yeah, absolutely. When you're there in person, they know that you're a serious buyer, you've spent all the time and money and effort traveling to India to, to, you know, to meet exhibitors and suppliers at the show. So they know that you're serious and they will definitely be more responsive to you after the show, you know, compared to someone who's just contacting them online. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.